the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Hour 2 of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Um, I enjoy the time that I have with this next guest so much. Y'all know he's my good buddy, Brian Maloney of Red Wave America. I've, I, you know, I hate to call him my spicy fried chicken, my comfort food again, because I do it every week, Even, but it's true. So, you know, there you have it. Hello, my dear. Oh, I got to hit the button. There we go. Ah, well, I know that that coconut cake sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're telling me all about this coconut cake, and uh, I'm thinking, where's my piece? <laughs> <laughs> you got to come visit in San Diego. Have you? I I will. I will do that. When was the last time you were out in SD? Ah, uh, uh, been a while. It's been a while. So, but I'm I'm still a you know my blood is still Californian because born and raised. So you know that never leaves, no matter how much the state its politics disgust me. Unfortunately, you can't take the Californian out of the boy, and uh, yeah. and that's me. So yeah, you know. Speaking of that, I got to get a correction. I have the best listeners and friends out there. Um, during during the first hour, Brian Maloney, I, I was reporting on the president of the L.A. City Council who got busted saying absolutely yeah. disgusting, despicable things, referring to the African-American child of this, uh, you know, gay couple, a monkey. Um, nobody busted her for the fact, though, that she said that um, he was behaving like he was being raised like a white child. That evidently was OK. Um, I, I, I'm a I was mistaken, though, because I said that she had resigned. No, she just resigned from her president position, according to exactly. Don Jans. So yeah. um, so she didn't if, if she had been a Republican, what would have happened to her, Brian Maloney? Well, and, that, and that's the point. But the, the headlines were extremely misleading because yeah. I was watching them. I didn't realize for hours that she hadn't actually resigned from yeah. the council. All the headlines and the stories made it appear that she had left office, uh-huh. and all she did was vacate the presidency. Well, so what? She's still in her position, and the other ones that were chiming in with her in that audio, they didn't do it. They're still sitting there on that council. So, I mean, the bottom line here is you have overt racist, right? Overt racist liberal Democrats uh, on the L.A. City Council uh, who are caught red-handed, red-handed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's what? It'll blow over by tomorrow? Yeah, well, just uh, like Governor I mean, Northam. Those are crazy words that were used. Yeah. Crazy talk. Crazy. And, um, and supposedly she actually, the slur about the boy being a monkey, which is just, you know, it's it, unbelievable. Just, just unbelievable. That's so. That's how despicable that is. Um, she used. She used. She spoke in Spanish to do it. And you know, I actually got another listener messaged me about that and just about how d- dis- embarrassed she is on behalf of of Mexicans and you know how corrupt she is. And uh, they only apologize when they're caught. Disgusting. And she says, "I'm a Mexican." And you know, y- you know, yeah. I mean, this this did not represent the Latino community. Uh, 
Um, and, she, and she's still, but she's still representing them because she's still on the city council, even though she's behaving this way as a Hispanic Latina woman on the city council. If you're, if you were an African American in LA city, uh, LA County, would you feel you know comfortable with her on the city council making well, decisions? And, and isn't it true? that the African-American population of L.A. and L.A. County has been in great decline for many years. I mean, isn't that true? Yeah. So you're already feeling like, you know, you're you're gradually being pushed out because we already saw that in the San Francisco Bay Area. I mean, San Francisco now has almost no black people in it anymore. I mean, it is a, you know, it is a white, gentrified, uh, you know, nightmare. Uh, And, and, you know, and and same thing with the rest of the Bay Area. It's been very, very interesting how liberals seem to push black people out of their communities uh and and this is something that goes on for decades very insidious uh and they get away with that so i mean it's just very very interesting to see somebody on the left get caught red-handed saying something that outrageous Mm -hmm. and we know we know andrea that in a day or two uh, it'll be like this never happened. Well, where's the, right. Well, where's the California Republican Party? Why have they not been screaming like a pig caught under a gate over this? What, talk about an opportunity for the Republican Party. I guess they've just decided that they're just going to, you know, I, I know locally we've got some good people in the Republican Party, but statewide, uh, the, the people I know here locally are working really hard for San Diego County. Statewide, they don't, they're, they're just, they're no better than Ronna McDaniel, just, you know, just raising money, making all kinds of promises and just wanting to maintain their little fiefdoms of power with no because they love being in the minority same thing with arizona i also reported last hour about katie hobbs how she was busted with her high school yearbook of you know organizing slave days or something at some special time of year where her school would have have pretend slave auctions and the republicans for katie hobbs are still supporting her in spite of the fact that she was busted yeah. in, in her high school yearbook. Um, let's switch gears. We're talking to Brian Maloney of Red Wave America. We are a little over a month away from yeah. these elections. And, the, you know, um, the uh, what are you watching? What is most important to you? We, we can't uh, we can't become experts in every race around the country. Where should we putting our eyes on and where should wow. we be putting our efforts? Well, the first question is, why is it so hard to get our side focused on these elections? I mean, we had last week was Kanye week. You know, why were we spending last week on Kanye? Uh, And, you know, whether you like him, did he make a few good points? Yeah. Uh, He called out Jared Kirshner. Good, good. Okay, great. But, you know, that's all in the past. I mean, we want to win some elections next month. And Tucker, you know, who, who does a great job and everything, but that, the timing of bringing him out, trotting him out. So, uh, yeah. so, so that took focus away. We're constantly being distracted by, oh, uh, well, Kanye said this, Elon said that, uh, Joe Rogan said that. Uh, you know, it's like, I don't care. None of those people are on the ballot. None of them are. I mean, let's talk about who's on the ballot. We could end up with a lunatic senator like John Fetterman mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, uh, who will be a menace to this country. I think he is the most dangerous yeah. candidate uh, nominated by either party in generations. I don't care how weak you might think Dr. Oz is, whatever. Uh, he looks golden right now. Oh, yeah. You know, Compar- comparatively, golden. yeah, he's at least a normal person. I mean, you know, Fetterman. 
chairman is a raving lunatic. So, I mean, that that's a lot of what this is. I try to get people to think about, you know, the races going on. And I, I've even done talk radio interviews in Pennsylvania in the last week or two. And I bring up, you know, the race. Oh, yeah, yeah, that Senate race. I'm like, are you kidding me? If I lived in Pennsylvania, I'd be screaming from the rooftops uh, about stopping John Fetterman. You know, I would be screaming at the top of my lungs. Yeah, this is a man it. who's committed to uh, to getting as many murderers, felons, sexual assaulters, rapists, you name it, the worst of the worst. He is absolutely committed to putting them back on the streets. And he says that he would be happy to see them reunited with their families. Well, let me tell you, in spite of the fact that the victims of these murderers will never be reunited with their families, not in this lifetime. And yet, yeah, we uh, the Republican Party isn't working hard on that race. Of course, we're not on the East. I I don't really know. Maybe they're working hard on that. Uh, My understanding is... There's not a lot of buzz about any of the races right now. there's not. Uh, the, uh, I did hear today that Senator Murkowski looks like um, she's about to lose to the Trump back Shibaka. Um, in well, spite I of, sure hope so. Well, yeah. Well, Kelly, Mitch McConnell. She, awesome. Well, Mitch yeah. McConnell put a lot of money up there to back Murkowski in that um, in that race. Well, the problem is you now have this ranked choice voting going on, which is something that Murkowski herself put on the ballot in Alaska. So you have ranked choice voting, which basically means the liberal ends up winning no matter what. I mean, that's what. And when they implemented this in Maine, that's what ended up happening. We lost a Republican House seat Mm -hmm. uh, in the second Maine congressional district some years ago when they implemented it there, even though. The Republican won uh, the first place balloting, uh, you know, because there wasn't a majority. If you don't get a majority outright, they start adding up the second choices and third choices. It's a socialist voting scheme. And it kept Sarah Palin from winning the House race. Yeah. And she's going to lose again uh, on Election Day in November. She's going to lose for a second time because of the same, uh, you know, system, corrupt system. So you're going to see right now Alaska has a Democrat House member uh, after having Don Young for 50 years or whatever, Republican, uh, you know, currently has a Democrat because of this crooked scheme that Murkowski cooked up. But the thing is, so here, here's what I'm watching, because first of all, I think that the Georgia uh, race, the Herschel Walker, uh, Reverend Warnock, you know, lunatic, uh, I think that will go to a runoff uh, because if neither one of them gets 50 percent, that it goes to a runoff in the middle of December. They changed the runoff date. It's not in January anymore. It's in the middle of December now. Good. So, okay. so Georgia, I think, I don't see either one of them getting 50%. I also don't think that uh, Herschel Walker is doomed like, you know, the media would have you believe. I, you know, we knew those attacks were coming a long time ago. That, yeah. that was all known before Herschel ever even. It's in Herschel's book you know, that he wrote years ago. Okay. So that's one thing. Um, so I've been trying to get people to look at Colorado because there's this uh, surprisingly close race. Because well, let's, let, let me have you hold yeah. there. Let me have you hold there. Yeah, We're going to okay. take a break. Okay, we come okay. back. We're going to talk about Colorado and I want to talk about Nevada. So stay okay. tuned because Brian Maloney from Red Wave America is going to stick around and you better too. So don't go anywhere. All right, so politics is your thing. You've been deep in the weeds for many years, running a lot of campaigns, involved in a lot of campaigns. Like before the break, we were talking about Herschel Walker 
and then it might be a runoff. You were actually in Georgia for the runoff in January of 2021 uh, when, when we ended up coughing up the control of the Senate because we had two really not great candidates and a really sketchy election system. Um, you're going to tell us about Colorado and what's going on there. Yeah. These metrics. Yeah, let me do let me do a real quick rundown of a couple of others. I'll do real fast with you here. So Colorado, you got Michael Bennett, the Democrat, who's been just you know he just coasts along uh, and doesn't do anything. He's just kind of a bump on a log. This guy, this Republican Joe O'Day, O D E A, Joe O'Day. He self-funded his candidacy. I don't think he's gotten much help from the National Party at all. Uh, and he has been running a competitive race in Colorado for Republicans. And the polls are showing him it's a single-digit race now. So there was a Trafalgar poll a few days ago that showed it was a six-point race. So we're getting polls that are showing it under 10. So it is, and we don't really know how accurate the polls are this year. We have no idea whether Republicans are answering their phones. I, I think they're not. Yeah. So I think we may be actually doing a lot better than these numbers show. So that's the watch Colorado, which is unusual for us. Uh, and then let's see what else. Uh, oh, you wanted to, you wanted to talk about Nevada. Yeah. Um, so Adam Laxalt. So the polls are showing Laxalt ahead, even CNN's poll. In fact, every single poll that I can see going back a month or two here has Laxalt ahead by a point or two. Left-wing and and more conservative pollsters are all showing him ahead, which would be an incredible win for us there if that happened. Um, And then Arizona, of course, Masters versus Kelly. you know, that, that one is a nail-biter right now. Even CBS says Kelly's only had by three points. So, that you know, Democrat Mark Kelly, just three points, which means that Masters can win, um, unlike what, uh, what uh, you know, McConnell might be telling you. Let me see what else here, because uh, I'm just going down the list. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about this young gal in New Hampshire? Caroline. Uh, oh, you- yeah, yeah. So the she the latest poll has her down by nine points. That's mm. New Hampshire yeah. District One. That's the southern half of New Hampshire along the Massachusetts border, uh, and and it shows nine points in the late. There haven't been many polls, so I think there's only one <laughs> poll. But that, I wouldn't count her out at all. Um, she seems to be really working hard, and you know she could still win. I would say you don't have enough poll polls. Right. That really draw, you know, these Senate races, we have eight or 10 polls, you know, we can kind of average them. But one of those House races, you're lucky if you get one poll. Right. So, you know, the campaigns may have their internal. Uh, the other one, though, as I've been mentioning this one a lot, is Washington State. Uh, this Tiffany Smiley has confronting this incredible race. And Murray is still shown to be ahead, at least by liberal pollsters, by about nine points. But Trafalgar has Murray ahead only by two. If a Republican were to win the U.S. Senate race in Washington state, it would be a political absolute earthquake. Um, You know, to knock Patty Murray out after 30 years would be incredible. But Patty is the dumbest person in Congress by far. uh, And that's saying something. The other one I want to mention is this Oregon governor's race where they may elect Republican for the uh, governor for the first time. And I think at least 30 years, they haven't had a Republican governor in Oregon in so long. I don't even know if anybody can remember the last one, but the Republican is ahead in the polls. It's a three-way race with an independent in the race. Republican Drazan is ahead by two points. So, 
Uh, and then New York, Lee Zeldin, uh, he's within two points of this Kathy Hochul, which who is a nightmare. So, you know, Congressman Lee Zeldin, the Republican, he could win governor of New York. Yeah, let's talk uh, about that for a moment. We're talking to Brian Maloney, Red Wave, uh, Red Wave America. Um, the crime wave that's happening across New York oh, is yeah. not just in the subway. I've got friends of mine that are going there to celebrate Thanksgiving and go to Broadway. I'm like, please do not go there. I, I mean, I wouldn't. There's, you're, you're not your safe. Mind. and you, you're, at, you're out of your mind. You're not safe in New York City. We've got attacks every day on subways. We've got people beaten and shot and killed on the streets. Now, Lee Zeldin, out in his front yard, while he and his his wife are out his twin 16 year old daughters hear gunshots in the front yard and had yeah. to hide out in a bathroom and call the cops i mean this is just, I, quite frankly because there should two be... people were shot yeah they were shot in his front yard yeah and it actually had nothing to do with it was a, just a coincidence yeah. that it happened in front of zeldin's home uh but imagine being a parent and hearing that you know two people have been shooting each other in your in your front yard and your teenage kids are huddling in the bathtub uh you know I mean, imagine the panic you must feel. But I, I think he should have his kids out of that house. I think he should have them in a safe house because, you know, he was already attacked. Yeah. You know, he was already basically stabbed uh, earlier in the in campaign season. So, well, the thing is, is that family. It, well, the thing yeah. is, is that nobody's safe in New York. And when you've got and but we've got this crime wave happening across the country. You've got that now in New Orleans. It's back to being the murder capital. It's not safe to go to, to, to New Orleans. Um, it's not safe in, in uh, Chicago. It's not safe in, in, in any major no. city in this country, all run by Democrats. We've also got an economy to where I watched some TikTok videos the other day parents crying not sure how they're going to feed their kids right um with yeah. the, with the cost and it, it's seven dollars a gallon of gas out here uh, but there's really nowhere that parents average parents can can uh, feed their kids and their families and run their lives anymore and it, it, it to me it defies logic that it's even close anywhere yeah. in this country in any race whether we're talking city council all the way up exactly. to, to congress i don't get it america i don't get how in the world you could pull the lever at any point for democrats I did hear today, and I'm not going to play the clip because it's too long, um, but the the thing, to, they're still pushing, the Democrats are still pushing election denying. Uh, now their latest thing is to try to stop movement at the state level. Their thing is to try to tell America that the reason why we want to uh, win Secretary of State positions is we want to launch coups in advance and steal elections in, the, in, in advance that basically January 6th was a um, a test run, and now we we intend to stop uh, to, to uh, that was about overturning uh, electors that have been counted, electoral votes have been counted, and now we want to we want to do it through the Secretary of State position. I'm concerned that there's Americans out there believe in this nonsense and that have uh, yeah. bought into this. Uh, Andrea, I want to know how it's possible to have gas prices at an all-time high in California and up and down the West Coast beyond the borders of California, but in the other West, a few other Western states as well, especially up through Washington State. Uh, how that is it having an effect on these races? How can that not have an impact? I don't get You're it. Talking about. You know, you're talking about people on the West Coast paying three dollars a gallon more than people on the East Coast are right now. I've never heard of anything like that in my life. Well, yeah, it, and and we've got we and we also have a food shortage. We also have out here in the yeah. West Coast and, and actually across the country as well. We've got a housing crisis where the cost of a one bedroom apartment is twenty five hundred dollars a month. Your people can't afford anything in any no. of these Democrat areas. And then we've got a crime wave. Of course, we've got. 
millions that have poured across the border. We've still got a border invasion going on in this country. We've got a drug problem. The number one cause of death in this country between for those between the ages of 18 and 34 is fentanyl, to where now the CDC is telling parents that they should have some drug uh, uh, overdose anecdote uh, medicine on their person. I just, I, I, I and, and the only thing I can think of is that there's enough brainwashed Americans who actually think uh, they actually buy into this election denials it's i can't wrap my head around it i still can't i can't understand well there's a 24 7 media onslaught working against us i just don't know whether people are still watching any of this or if they've tuned it out we really this is what i'm saying and you know uh one of the pollsters it was uh trafalgar the trafalgar guy said the other day he warned everybody the article's actually out today after i'll have to get it for you but i was just reading it before the segment what he's just saying is be real careful about what polls you believe this year because he thinks that republicans are not answering pollsters calls anymore he thinks that uh republicans are a lot of conservatives are afraid to respond to a poll or don't trust it and so therefore you're just not getting Republican responses. Well, that could uh, so, be true. We, we could be back in the days like it was in 2015 and 2016 to where people didn't put Trump signs out. Uh, they right. didn't answer polls because people were scared of backlash. And right now, I when you've got, that. yeah, when you've got Joe Biden giving a speech in Philadelphia in front of a satanic backdrop saying, you know, that MAGA are domestic terrorists, you know, then yeah, people are going to be scared to say who they're voting for. But what we've got yeah. to do, let's wrap on this. We've got to do a call to action and tell people that the apathy that's going I don't know if it's apathy or what's going on, but I do know that not enough people are actually prepared to get out and help work. I think it was a Democrat who said, somebody said today, uh, you need to sign up and be willing to go work the polls because if you don't, the Democrats will. Well, that's exactly right. And so, you know, there's got to be a local race that could use your help. There's got to be, a, a, you know, a local precinct that needs you to monitor it to make sure there aren't any shenanigans going on. Um, you know, there has to be a way where everybody can participate and get involved here, because if Democrats somehow keep control of Congress, first thing they're going to do is turn D.C. into a state, Puerto Rico into a state, mm-hmm. uh, you know, jack taxes up sky high. I mean, they're going to just go on a, on a rampage against us. Yeah, you and think will never yeah. regain power again. No, you think inflation is bad now. You think the food sh- shortages and food supplies are bad now. You think the, uh, you know, the the war on energy is bad now. They've already got plans like here in California that they want to nationalize where you're not going to be able to, you know, buy a gas powered car in a few years. I mean, the, 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 the spending, we're already, you know, Joe Biden has increased the debt $4 trillion since taking office. He will just continue to explode it. We can literally cannot afford to have the Democrats stay in power. And Absolutely. people have to get out and get active to try to stop that, try to get the Republicans in the majority. All right. Brian Maloney, thank you for being here, my dear. Thanks. All right. Um, didn't we say that if that there was a slippery slope and that if we went a certain direction with marriage, it could end up being a three way that could become legitimized. We might be there. I'll explain. When we come back. Radio legend in Southern California, actually nationally syndicated. DJ Art LeBeau has passed away. Just an absolute legend. Uh, he actually continued to work. I think he did his last broadcast uh, Sunday night. 97 years old. 
Um, he did his dedications, and I, I really didn't know that. I knew of Art LeBeau, of course, and who didn't in Southern California know Art LeBeau and know his shows and his dedications. But um, I didn't know uh, about him that, you know, we've talked a, a lot tonight about uh, people saying racist things and racism. And he actually uh, did a lot to try to, uh, he's credited with helping end segregation in Southern California. He organized live DJ shows at drive-in eateries that attracted people of all colors who loved his music. He actually trademarked the term oldies but goodies. I never knew that was from Art LeBeau. Think about the impact that he had on people. Uh, There's a story that I read about today of... um, uh, a, a gal that would bring her her baby over because sometimes the um, the the songs that would be dedicated on his show was actually to to those it, behind bars. And he, it, there's a story about a woman who came by the studio so that her toddler could tell her father who was serving time for violent crime, "Daddy, I love you." And it was the the first time he had heard his child's voice, and that's just so beautiful. I mean, uh, Jalapeno, the the power of radio, and you were in music for a long time uh, before you got here into news talk, but there is a true power in radio and the music side in particular to connect people, isn't there? There is, and don't underestimate the ability of Art LeBeau to know his audience, be able to connect with his audience. That's why he was in his 90s and he still had a major following with people even less than half his age. Because he understood. He understood the art of entertainment. He understood the art of every time you speak into the microphone, you need to bring out an emotion right. in somebody. And that emotion for him was relationships. It was love. It was understanding of what people are going through and why they were listening to his show. And he was amazing. And to make it in this day and age to be that long in radio, that's just wow. And to, yeah. to make it to 97 and still do it, he was still sounding great right up until Sunday night. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we've we've lost a legend. And I, I wish the rest of the country could have known Art LeBeau the way the people in the Southwest have known him and even more specifically Southern California, because he was he was great. He'll go down as he'll go down as a radio legend for a long, long time. Absolutely. And, you know, in, in you know, learning about him today. I didn't realize that he actually stepped away from working as a DJ for a while and actually transmitted Morse code. He was in the Navy. You're you're laughing, but I mean, think think about the contribution that he made. He was a patriot. Yeah, I'm not laughing at that. It's just that those are like those funny, great stories. Yeah, that people like that have. Yeah, um, just the you know. Uh, <sighs> If we could, as as each individual, leave just a tenth of this kind of a legacy, right? Somebody who actually used his platform to connect people. He, It's like he said he didn't judge. He connected anybody and everybody because he didn't care anything about labels. He didn't care anything about identity, politic boxes. He was just, he just loved people and it showed in his work. And he has truly left a legacy of love and of, you know connecting people and, and radio is unlike other mediums it is a conversation right between you and, and the listener and you know if i could be a, f- a 50th as good as art lebeau i will consider myself a success so um rest in peace art lebeau you know did he i wonder did if he ever got a, a, a star in the hall of fame 
I'm going to look that up. I'm going to. Yeah, because I mean, at nowadays, so many, you know, it used to be you go to the Hollywood Walk of Fame and it'd be like, oh, here's this celebrity. Here's this celebrity. And every, you know, few feet, there'd be a star of a major celebrity now because you can buy them. I mean, they're just like scattered around like, you know, sprinkles on a cupcake. Right. Um, but so not everybody who gets a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame deserves it. Art LeBeau deserved it. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a break. Because I don't want to transition from the great, loving Art LeBeau into politics. So we're going to take a skinny, tiny little break. Then when we come back, we're going to shift into some politics. I'm going to share with you guys a judge has ruled polyamorous unions are entitled to the same legal protections as two-person relationships. Gee, who could have predicted this slippery slope? Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Okay, so um, years ago, back when uh, we had um, uh, same-sex marriage was on the ballot here, Proposition 8, and, and it was you know going to be heard by the Supreme Court, I had a whole lot of conservatives and Republicans mad at me because I suggested civil unions. And I the reason for civil unions instead of same sex marriage, I had a lot of a lot of reasons for it, and I've talked at length about it. Um, one of the one of the main things that, that I pointed out, and I had Heather Cronk on my show years ago from Get Equal, and her and, and she she was a main proponent her organization uh, for you know equality for same sex couples, and I said um, that I, I said why not civil unions. And she didn't have an answer for me. And I said, I find it interesting and concerning to me that the same people, the same group of people in the same movement who wants to tell us they want separation of church and state is seeking the designation of marriage. Whether or not I'm married, I went on to explain, and conservatives were upset at me for taking this position. I said, whether or not I'm married is really between me and God. When it comes down to the state, it's a civil contract, a financial arrangement between two people. And the terms and conditions vary by whatever state you live in. And I think any two people should be able to decide what to do with their property, right? Come together, form an arrangement. You know, my pearls are going to go to whoever when I pass away. This is, you know, because of this civil arrangement, this is who gets to come visit me in the hospital. I think we need to do that. And I said, the reason for that is because as soon as we go the route of this word marriage, it's a religious designation. And that the reason why these people who... um are the same people that want separation of church and state are now seeking this this designation of this word marriage and not content with a civil union is because this is a stepping stone for them to pierce our religious freedoms and to pierce the rest of our culture. And Heather Cronk denied there's no way that would happen. This is not a slippery slope. It's not going to go any more than this. Um, no, no, no. We just want, you know, gay and lesbian people. We just want to be able to have the same protections. Right. And I said, well, you can have them with a civil union. Right. Fast forward. Um, of course, it was a slippery slope. And case in point, we have a judge, a New York City judge that just ruled that polyamorous unions are entitled to the same legal protections as two person relationships. And the judge who made this determination, this ruling used previous court rulings about giving legal protections to same-sex couples before they were married. Here's what happened. There was the case of West 49th Street LLC versus O'Neill. 
And Judge Karen May um, Bakhtayan reportedly concluded that polyamorous relationships are entitled to the same sort of legal protections given to two-person relationships. And here's why. In West 49th Street, LLC versus O'Neill, it involved three individuals. Scott Anderson, Marcus O'Neill, they lived together in a New York apartment. The lease was under Scott Anderson's name alone. And Anderson had a husband named Robert Romano who resided elsewhere. What happened was, and Scott Anderson, as I said, his name was the one on the lease. Well, he died. And the building's owner said that O'Neill, who lived there, uh, had no right to renew the lease because he was a, quote, non-traditional family member. The attorney for the property owner said that O'Neill's affidavit in which he claims himself as a non-traditional family member is a fairy tale. Well, the judge ruled in the favor of O'Neill and basically granted him family member status, even though he did not have that legally. And Judge uh, Bakhtayan highlighted the importance of a previous case um, and, and, asserted, and asserted the existence of a triad, no matter how they got along, should not automatically dismiss O'Neill's claim to non-eviction protection. She went on to say, before gay marriage was legalized in any state, Brocky versus Stahl Associates basically was decided, and that was prior to same-sex marriage being legalized, um, and it involved evictions and, and rent control, that a non-traditional two-person, same-sex, committed family-like relationship is entitled to legal recognition. So you see what happened here? The use of courts and the pushing and the pushing and the pushing to get farther. To, this is part of the cultural Marxist movement, pushing and pushing and pushing their agenda through the courts. Now it's, you know, three men. Then it's going to be what? Two men and a dog? Four men? There's no end, There's no end here. And she goes on to say, the judge goes on to say, She notes that the law has rapidly proceeded in recognizing that it is possible for a child to have more than two legal parents. This is all about the the cultural Marxist plan to tear apart and rip apart the fabric of our nation, which is why they weren't content with civil unions, which, you know, would have prevented this. Why does a person have to be committed to one other person, the judge asked, in only certain prescribed ways in order to enjoy stability in housing after the departure of a loved one? Because law? Do all non-traditional relationships have to comprise or include only two primary persons? See the questions being asked here? The can of worms was opened and the Republican Party wasn't smart. Had they had they pushed for civil unions, we wouldn't be in this situation. Why then, she says, except for the very real possibility of implicit marginalitarian animus is the limitation of two persons inserted into the definition of a family-like relationship for the purposes of receiving the same protections from, from eviction according to legally formalized or blood relationships because law... Because there should be documentation, because otherwise strangers can come in. At what point? How, 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 do, how do we recognize a relationship who deserves legal protections? Now it's just any three people that join together. This is absurd. But this is what happens when you have no moral compass, when you have no values as a society, when you've completely destroyed the fabric of a nation. This is how you destroy a nation. Always reminds me of that book book by Bruce Bauer, While Europe Slept. He talked about this. He warned about this. He was the gay activist from New York who moved to the Holy Grail, the great uh, socialist Scandinavia. And he said that not having 
religion, not having that moral compass, not having the Judeo-Christian principles and values as a guide is what has left Europe to be completely destroyed with multiculturalism and by not having any national identity. And this is what's happening here in the United States. Speaking of multiculturalism, nobody's ever been able to explain to me the value of that. And now we're just going to, you know, you're, you're a property owner. You're a property owner and you think you've got some rights with your property, but now you don't because some judge might decide, you know what? Huh, how come these people don't get legal protections? Where's the legal protections for the property owner in these cases? But you don't own any property under the, under the left's Marxist schemes in the end. The Great Reset, he says, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. This is this also is is movement towards that. There's a reason why the, there was a court out here in California that actually heard a case from a group of homeless people that felt entitled to take over and seize control over an empty house under the guise of that they have the right to have a roof over their head. And there's no precedent for this. And that was the point. That was why the judge took up the case. And that's why. The association, some organization on behalf of the homeless filed that lawsuit because they're using the courts to pierce through not just our U.S. Constitution, but our values. As well as to seize control over your property. And that real estate investment trust, in my opinion, made a mistake by caving and selling the home for for pennies on the dollar to that homeless advocacy group because all they did was cave in to the tyranny and the assault through the use of the courts. Shame on them for that. Because now we've got precedent that somebody can squat and make a legal argument that they deserve to own that home. All right. um, Follow-up story. I think it was Friday I reported that Boston Hospital uh, had a doctor that was saying that uh, babies know in the womb when they're... (laughs) I can't even say without laughing. (laughs) <laughs> the babies know in the womb uh, when they're transgender. Well, that video was taken down off their website today. So that's a Harvard Associated Hospital up there. Um, PayPal, their stock fell 6% Monday. I'm sure you guys heard over the weekend uh, that they got a backlash because they had updated their policy that said that if people uh, put misinformation as any part of their PayPal account, they would be subject to a $2,500 fine. Well, that didn't go well for PayPal. Uh, they ended up being the ones who got hurt financially for that. Their stock fell 6%. Um, this weekend as a result of that um, they uh, then they tried to backtrack off of it and said that um, the that that was just a mistake that that was put out there that they didn't really intend uh, for that acceptable use policy update to be there yeah right they thought it was going to go over they thought they were going to get it over and you know what the free market the free market handled their business didn't it all right DJ Jalapeno, thank you for being here and handling me and my business for the past week and a half. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. The return of DJ Skins. See y'all then. Love you. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.